On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rafael Antonio Perez. Wait. Turn around and I see Durden and beyond him, another person. He saw Durden pull out his gun. I'm cheating off of him. This is all split second timing. Durden shot Ovando, so he shot Ovando. Uh, Ovando went down, they look, there's no gun. Durden disappeared out of my sight for a few minutes. Durden goes and gets a weapon that they had previously seized, or obtained from an informant, uh, that Durden had previously uh, taken off the serial number. Stand right by him and boom. That's the fault, and the gun is there. Well, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, the, the purpose of the criminal justice system is to see that justice is done, to see that the law is followed equally to all people, but especially when you're a criminal judge, is to make sure that you don't put any innocent people in prison. Good morning, everyone. This is the matter of people of California versus Rafael Perez. You had somebody who now is saying, I did all these, these things wrong. I lied. I planted evidence, I did this, I did that. The prosecution then said, we've lost confidence in the conviction, not necessarily that they're innocent. When any police department gets into trouble, the leaders do their best to triage the problems right away. And at bigger police departments like the LAPD, the NYPD, Chicago PD, or even Miami, a lot of times these internal task forces are developed wherein seasoned investigators along with a version of internal affairs decide to roll up their sleeves and go after their own. But do they really? In these circumstances, sometimes begrudgingly, police departments will put together joint task forces that include FBI agents. And that is where the fun really fucking starts. Because if you know anything about law enforcement, you know no one really likes the FBI. My knowledge about Rampart and some of the investigative bodies that looked into it comes from Phil Carson and what he talked about on season one of the dossier. He was brought in as an FBI agent in the public corruption division of the FBI to work with LAPD investigators as part of something called RAMFIT, which I have no idea what that stands for. But again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Let's take this step by step and really find out what did the LAPD do right after they realized we got cops robbing banks and stealing coke and beating people up, planting guns and drugs. And oh yeah, they also are working inside death row records for Suge Knight. But that honestly was probably an afterthought. So what did they do? Prior to the formation of a task force, the investigation into these matters was conducted using the department's regular organizational structure for investigating criminal allegations. In May of 1998, these investigations were reassigned to a task force, which was assembled to investigate any criminal 
and significant administrative charges which may arise. Other allegations of misconduct were being investigated by the Internal Affairs Group due to the nature of the criminal activity involved. So here's a quick timeline for you guys. In May of 1998, the task force was activated. It consisted of 11 officers, a commander, a lieutenant, a sergeant, and eight detectives. It's a lot of manpower. So July of 1998, two additional detectives were added, bringing the task force up to 13 full-time personnel. There was resources from law enforcement entities outside the LAPD, which were added for technical assistance. And specialized department entities were assigned specific support missions, such as surveillance missions that were conducted by SIS with support from the Air Support Division. So August of 1998, though the task force remained at 13 full-time personnel, there was significant additional resources that were utilized during this period on a mission-specific basis. Sounds complex. What I find fascinating about this is on an overall level, imagine the man hours, money, and overtime to bring in SWAT, SIS detectives, which, by the way, at that time were an elite bunch, plus the air support division, which means choppers overhead. September of 1998, after Rafael Perez is arrested, four more detectives were added to the task force bringing its strength to 17 officers. Ralph Perez is arrested. He has a jury trial within four months. The Rampart scandal is disgraced officer Ralph Perez. That's it. That's all we know. Um, we suspect maybe Nino Durden. He's being looked at. There's nothing to connect him with Perez. Uh, and the taking of that narcotics that he took uh, when they took him down. Uh, he has a jury trial. The only updates I'm getting as a captain and any other command officer in Rampart between August of 98 and December of 98, when he has his jury trial, is what we hear through the media. Uh, Perez testifies as his jury trial. He comes across as innocent. Uh, it's a hung jury, eight to four. Eight find him guilty for... Um, can't decide. I'm told that the four that were on the jury that couldn't convict him were women. He's so charismatic that uh, I'm told later that they just couldn't convict him. In fact, I'm told that during jury selection, one woman actually recused herself. She actually stood up, pointed to Ralph Alperez and said, I can't be on this jury. I think I'm falling in love with Officer Ralph Alperez. They oh, recused geez. her. He stays as hung jury, stays in jail. Rampart uh, Task Force continues to investigate him. Um, a new jury is picked. A new trial is going to happen. It's September of 1999. It's 13 months later. During the course of that investigation, follow-up, they find 11 additional packages in property division that when they open them contain bisquick or flour, not cocaine. Mm -hmm. Doing a background investigation on him, they discovered that he owns cars, property, banks account, bank accounts that he has no business being able to have or afford 
on a cop's salary. So now they really have him. Um, two days before that jury trial, through discovery of his attorney and through his attorney, two days before Perez says, time out, I want to work a deal. He rolls over and cops out to things, machinations, crossing the line that he and Nooner Durden had done. Um, it's felt that he's going to blow the lid off the Bank of America robbery, the David Mack uh, robbery, the Kevin Gaines, Frank Liga shooting, mm -hmm. um, on and on and on. Uh, they ask him about that. He says, I have no idea about any of that stuff. I want to talk about a 19-year-old street gang member by the name of Javier Ovando. He's in state prison. He's been there for two and a half years. My partner and I set him up, and he starts to admit to the machinations, uh, perjury, throwdown, excessive use of force of a handful of crash cops. That blows up. That becomes the Rampart scandal. That's September of 1999. Then, September of 1999, Perez had begun to provide information to the task force. The task force was expanded once again. And in January of 2000, the task force is staffed by a commander, a lieutenant, four sergeants, 14 detectives, for a total of close to 21 full-time personnel. This all sounds like a massive and incredible show force. But dare I say at this point, the detectives who were brought on, I was told, were to run down leads and investigate the dirty arrests made by Perez and possibly others within Rampart. Where are all these resources going? Rafael Perez failed in upwards of five lie detector tests. So you have all these investigators basing some of their investigations on what he has told said investigators. And what I assume is the longest proffer in LAPD history. And let's be clear, in that proffer, he won't say anything about David Mack and the bank robbery. And he also proceeds to settle scores by throwing a bunch of officers under the bus just because he can. But the investigative firepower by the LAPD continues as they convene a board of inquiry hearings. Immerse yourself in the fascinating tale of Song of Solomon by the legendary Pulitzer Prize winning author, Toni Morrison, a mesmerizing coming-of-age masterpiece that has captivated readers around the world. Follow the protagonist, Milkman Dead, who was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a roof in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, Milkman too will be trying to fly. As Morrison follows Milkman on a quest to uncover his roots and himself in his Rust Belt hometown, to the place of his family's origins, she introduces an entire cast of strivers and seeresses, liars, and assassins, the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. As the New Yorker put it, Morrison moves easily in and out of the lives and thoughts of her characters, luxuriating in the diversity of circumstances and personality. 
Whether you're a seasoned reader or new to Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon is a must-read that will ignite your imagination and leave you wanting to read more Morrison. Song of Solomon, a timeless tale that will stay with you long after you've turned its final page. Available now at TonyMorrison.com and wherever books are sold. All right, so life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So maybe you need to get your kids something special or you and the wife need a scintillating night out every once in a while at least. So download Earn In Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in the dossier under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com forward slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. 72 hours Officers were swept up with internal uh, complaints, relieved of duty, assigned to home. Um, a lot of controversy over that. The, the, the toll of Rampart, uh, loss of marriages, including my own, uh, loss of homes, suicides, including my, including my partner, Nick Salikos, um, one of my top sergeants in Rampart crash, Paul Burns, killed himself. Um, uh, so the, the, of those 72 officers that were relieved of duty, 58 of them were sent to a board of right. Of those 58 boards of rights, 34 were found not guilty, clean, uh, not enough evidence or based on what Perez said, not sufficient, not substantiated. 24 were found guilty. Of, of the 24 that were found guilty, seven officers resigned in lieu of they knew they were going to be fired, not necessarily criminally prosecuted, but they would lose their pension. So they resigned in lieu of losing their pension. Five were flat out fired. Twelve were suspended. Hefty suspensions. They came back. The high profile trial involved this, one of the top sergeants back then by the name of Eddie Ortiz and three other officers. Based on accusations by Perez, they faced a jury trial of false arrests, throw down guns. Um, and when the jury trial ended, three of them were found guilty. One was found not guilty. During the guilty phase proceedings of the penalty, the judge in charge of the trial, her name was O'Connor, she realized that she had given false instructions or erroneous instructions to the jury. So much so that she felt 
that the jury verdict was tainted. As a, resu- as a result, she wrote a large justification reversing the jury, the, the guilty verdicts and ordered a new trial for all four of them, the three of them actually. Uh, and then, by then, Cooley became DA of LA. As the district, he replaced Gil Garcetti, uh, who was not reelected to a cer- second term based on the whole of the Rampart mess. Cooley looked into the evidence of the charges. Now we're into 1921, uh, two, I'm sorry, 2001, 2002. Uh, and he, based on his investigation by his investigators, decided that there was insufficient evidence and that Perez by now, because boards of rights are falling apart, he's losing his credibility. He's already filed five um, uh, polygraphs as um, as, as uh, not telling the truth that he decided not to file charges and he dismissed everything. Those four officers sued the city of LA for $20 million. They won $5 million each. September 2nd of 99, Chief Parks convenes this board to assess the totality of the Rampart corruption incident without infringing on the work of the task force, of course. Each of these entities that he created were chaired by a staff officer. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is confusing, but I guess he now has all of these committees that he creates. The Working Group Profiling the Involved Officers Committee. This was developed to complete a profile of 14 officers who were initially identified as possibly involved in the incident. At the time of the writing of this report, they had no charges against any of these officers. Then he had the subcommittee on work product analysis. This committee conducted a complete analysis of the officer's prior cases. That must have been in upwards of 10,000. Then there was the subcommittee on rampart management and supervision. There was the Working Group on Risk Management Profile of Rampart, the Subcommittee on Department Operations Systems, the Subcommittee on Administrative Investigations, the Subcommittee on Officer-Involved Shooting Investigative Protocol, the Subcommittee on Corruption Investigative Protocol. Wow, I'm exhausted reading this. So just so we're clear, it's possible that the LAPD created the most sophisticated reporting task force and subcommittee an American police department has ever seen to this day. The question I still have is, is it possible that this whole fucking show of force was a ruse? A red herring that sounds good in the pages of the LA Times and to a politician, but what in the fuck did they actually do? When it's all uh, resolved, we'll have one-tenth of one percent of our officers involved in this issue. And the serious nature of it is that Rafael Perez, Nino Durton, almost exclusively were involved in almost all of the false arrests. Uh, Also, Rafael Perez and Nino Durton were almost exclusively involved in the theft of the narcotics and the eventual 
resale of the narcotics. Suspended Los Angeles police officer Nino Durden pleaded guilty earlier today. Clearly this was going to mushroom out somewhere. There were going to be a lot of cases and it hasn't worked out that way and now his credibility is in question. So if you factor in all those things, it's not necessarily surprising that that's where we, we are today. It was not what would have been expected 